Welcome to PPM Simplifies. This is a weekly podcast that will help you have a better understanding on environmental regulations and how they relate to your industry. In each episode, we'll talk with experts across various industries who will share their insights with you. This is PPM Simplifies. This is Annie McElwain, and I'm actually uh, the interviewer today. Um, Todd Perry has become the interviewee, um, and Todd is actually, we say, the the first P in PPM. He's a co-founder and principal of PPM. Uh, he works out of our Monroe, Louisiana office and has significant experience in the environmental field related to petroleum hydrocarbon issues. Um and we are actually here today to talk about release detection requirements for underground storage tank systems, or we call them UST systems. Uh, so, Todd, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Annie, thanks. I tell you, um, I'm going to get fired from the host spot. You're doing such a good job, so keep it up. This is exciting. I, li- I like sitting on this side of the table. <laughs> yeah, well, look, this is my first uh, time on this side of the table, too, so... I'm I'm learning quickly, I, I guess. Um, so today we're going to be, like I said, talking about release detection uh, for UST systems. And, and kind of the background of this is um, in 1988, the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, um, and Louisiana uh, Department of Environmental Quality, or LDEQ, um, promulgated the first release detection requirements for UST systems. And uh, since then, Um, Some significant rule enhancements have been made to release detection uh, requirements, um, the most recent being in 2015. So in this session, we're going to discuss release detection options, some common issues and challenges that occur, uh, best practices and helpful resources to help you make sure you're in compliance um, and getting the most out of your release detection for uh, UST systems. We're here to help our clients, right, Todd? Absolutely. Well said. So, Todd, um, we'll get it. We'll get it going. Uh, could you tell us what is leak detection for USTs, and what's the primary purpose? Yes, ma'am. So, back you know prior to 1988, and that's that's our line of sand. Like you'd said, that's when the regulations were promulgated. We had leaking underground storage tanks, and they were beginning to affect water systems. But the collective wisdom uh, of EPA came together and said, hey, we need to create regulations. There were three primary focuses, um, spill and overfill protection, cathartic protection, and then release detection, which is what we'll talk about today. And the goal of release detection is to have systems in place installed underground storage tanks to prevent a release, to prevent fuel from escaping into the subsurface and potentially you know, affecting drinking water uh, and harming pub, you know, human health and the environment. So that's that's what leak detection is. It's things like having mechanisms to detect if there is a failure on the line or tank and you're losing inventory, losing gas mm-hmm. in the subsurface, having monitoring wells around the underground storage tank system in the subsurface to detect the leak. So that's that's the basics, and its primary purpose is to detect if there is a release from a UST system. So can you give us some examples of UST releases? 
Yeah. So, um, in regards to, I look at a couple ways. I look at tanks uh, one way, and I look at piping another way. It, it, it's, it's two ways. So, in regards to piping, we have things such as automatic tank gauging, which is going to make sure your inventory is stable and you're not losing inventory when no one is dispensing from the UST system uh, to make sure that that's there. Uh, of course, I mentioned in the subservice, you'd have vapor uh, wells where you can look for vapors to begin to show up in the subsurface. Uh, there's an automatic, if you have a double wall system, if your tank is double walled, you would have uh, you could have a brine or some type of detector uh, in the secondary containment to, to it could be dry or wet and detect if there's a change in your liquid volume or if it's dry, if liquids enter that second uh, containment, then you know that you've got a tank failure. So those are some basics uh, for tanks. Okay, great. So those are our release detection options for tanks. What about uh, piping? You know, you had mentioned uh, that these are separate kind of issues when you think of a UST system. Yeah, and, and so on piping, you, you change things. Most locations, most UST systems today are pressurized because of the volume. Mm-hmm. M- m- most retail gasoline stations want to have at least 150,000, 120,000 gallons a month of output, and you need a pressurized system to help make that happen. A suction system, uh, and you can just imagine a straw system that sucks out of the underground storage tank, those are becoming a little bit antiquated. However, you do have to consider leak detection or release detection for suction piping. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple ways, the, the easiest way to understand that is, is they'll put a, um, a, a check valve at the dispenser to where if the line fails and begins to take on you know, atmospheric air, the fuel that's in the pipe will actually run back into the tank. So release detection for suction systems, although you don't see them very often anymore, it's really simple because there's a really effective way to prevent releases. Mm-hmm. Going, to pre- going to pressurized piping, that's where it gets a, a lot more persnickety. And, you know, the one thing to keep in mind is, is on release detection, the EPA allows the, the release of two-tenths of a gallon per hour, you know, hourly, annually, mm-hmm. a tenth of a gallon per, per, per hour of, of inventory loss. So on pressurized... Uh, you have things like a uh, submersible pump that puts the pressure, takes fuel from the underground storage tank into the dispenser. You've got a leak detector that if there's a change in pressure, it can't pressure up to its to its performing pressure, it will actually shut down the um, the, the fuel dispense so no new products coming in the line and escaping into the subsurface. You could also use, if you have an automatic tank gauging system, but also look at your uh, lines uh, as they perform and look for any, any changes in pressure and in, in dispensing there. You could also, uh, if you have double wall piping, you've got the interstitial, which will mm-hmm. normally be dry, so you'll look for liquid that might enter that, enter those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also do, I uh, mentioned vapor monitoring earlier, you could also look at groundwater and, and look at your uh, observation wells outside the UST system, and if fuel begins to show up, you know, you have a release going on. Uh, you could also look on a monthly basis at statistical inventory reconciliation and kind of compare to see if your your inventory volume is not being dispensed. You're losing volume, but it's not being dispensed into vehicles. So that's another way to, to look at that. Almost like a mass flow of what you have. Yep. That's a good way to look at it. 
Are there any common problems or or pitfalls that you've seen with different release detection methods or or anything lessons learned? Yeah, and and you know, I guess I need to back up just a second and, and, and state this. And you'd asked this, and I didn't quite get to the question, which is major sources of UST releases. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your, your product lines and fittings, that's mm-hmm. probably where the majority of releases occur. Mm-hmm. And normally from pressurized systems, because, you know, if you have a failure of a line, but you're, you know, the, the, the sub-pump doesn't activate to shut down the, the, the flow, you know, mm-hmm. you can dispense. We've seen sites that you could, you know, put out, you know, 100 gallons an hour in the subsurface, and that adds up very quickly. There's also, when tanks are being filled, uh, there's, you know, overflows from leaking spill buckets. You know, that can occur to escape into the subsurface. You can have leaks from dispensers. Of course, they've got under, you know, UDCs under the dispensers to catch, but if those fail, that can go to the subsurface. We've seen that occur some. And then sometimes there's fuel delivery errors uh, that occur. They may put too much fuel in, in, a, in, a, in a underground storage tank and push it out vent pipes. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But mm-hmm. back into, you know, common leak detection problems, you're talking to regulators, you know, just, you know, looking, kind of doing postmortems on releases. You know, sometimes automatic tank gauge system alarms are, are ignored. Uh, they'll disconnect sensors or move sensors out of critical areas to detect leaks. Again, ignore those alarms. So so that can happen. Sometimes uh, you have an automatic tank gauging system, and they do use little ticker tape, if you will, little printouts, and they will run out of paper. Well, sometimes that paper's not replaced, and then all of a sudden you've got a release going on, and you don't realize that because you can't read uh, your printout. You know, um, we talked about filling the UST system up too much to overflowing it. You know, that can happen. You know, those are just some examples of, of common release detection problems. Uh, and I, I think the biggest problem would be this, not following your compliance, not doing annual testing on your pipes, not looking at your automatic tank gauging or uh, statistical inventory reconciliation on a, on a routine daily or monthly basis. Failure mm-hmm. to comply, if your system fails, you won't know it. And, you know, heck, gasoline, uh, at just $3 a gallon right now, if you lose 10,000 gallons, that's 30,000 gallons of uh, $30,000 of inventory loss. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you were talking about compliance um, just then and, and how that's a great preventive measure to, you know, prevent release releases at your site. What are your thoughts on monthly walkthrough inspections? Um, do you have other advice or um Anything else that our listeners should be aware of to prevent these UST releases? Yeah, that that's a great that's a great question, Annie. And you know, we think about release detection or leak detection, if you will, mm-hmm. with the UST system, the tanks and the pipes. But something new that EPA promulgated and states adopted uh, with the 2015 rule rule suite that you referenced earlier is monthly walkthroughs. And I look at monthly walkthroughs as very much a release detection uh, measure. And what happens is on a monthly basis, you're asked to visually walk through and inspect your UST system, inspect your, dis- inspect your dispensers, the sumps beneath your dispensers, the sumps on your underground storage tank system. Uh, visually look for all that. So, you know, you can look for damage. Uh, if there's any liquids, water, or actual fuel 
in the in the UST system in the you know sumps or or UDCs you can remove those. Uh, you look for obstructions around the fill pipe. Make sure all that's in good working order. Make sure your fill caps and other manholes are all secured and and or you know sealing in case you have a rain event and you get water in a, in a sump, uh, a spill bucket that doesn't fill up. Checking your sensors on your double wall equipment to make sure all that's an operational uh, area. You know, so I think from from a monthly walkthrough, you're going to inspect the spill inspection side of it, but then. Uh, you're also going to look at your release detection equipment. You're going to make sure your automatic tank gauge has paper, make sure it's operating correctly, shows a green light. Um, look at your, you know, uh, any alarm conditions. If those aren't present, then you know your UST system is tight there. Make sure your release detection devices like a leak detector is, is looks proper, not corroded. Uh, we saw a catastrophic release down in Florida uh, to where a release detection device in a submersible pump failed, it, it corroded, and you know they, they lost tens of thousands of gallons uh, out of the uh, sump because it wasn't tight to the subsurface. So, hmm. you know that's yeah. that, that's why you're looking at this on a on a monthly basis. There's a states provide a very nice checklist, but in my mind, you want everything we talked about working. If you're looking at once a month, you've gone a long way to preventing a release into the subsurface. Yeah, you know, just a, a little bit of time up front could save you a whole lot of a headache in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, thank you so much uh, for joining me here, Todd. And I do have one last question. Um, do you have any resources that our listeners can use um, or reference for leak detection, um, I guess, methods or, or even uh, advice? Absolutely. So a couple of things we talked about doing some best practices and, and best practices would be to make sure you're doing the monthly walkthroughs, make sure you're in compliance with the rules and a great place. There's always going to be two great places to look at that. Mm-hmm. EPA put out an old document back in 1988. It's been revised to meet the 2015 UST rules revisions. And it's called must for us, which is kind of a funny name for a, for a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you type must for us on your internet browser, you'll come into this document. You can look at it in word or PDF. It's a great summary of all the compliance rules and practices you need to do to ensure UST system doesn't release uh, what's required by law. And then in your state, you know, every state's going to have a state website and there's going to be forms and um, summaries of the regulations and rules that you can go to and find and look at. And then always, you know, going to conferences in your state, talking to regulators. Look, they've got a job to do, too, and they're going, they're, they're going to be very willing to help you. There is no such thing as a silly question or a stupid question. Um, everyone, at the end of the day, we're keeping the UST systems tight, protecting your inventory, protecting human health environment, the subsurface. You know, it's a win-win. So that's how I would wrap it up. Great. Well, thank you so much, Todd. Um, I have to say you were a great interviewee and I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to meet with me and uh, walk me through this. Well, great job, Annie. And it was a treat. I know our listeners are going to join it. So uh, we'll let you say that the, the close out, you go right ahead. All right. Thank you all for listening to uh, PPM Simplifies and we hope you'll join us again for our next episode. Thank you for finding our podcast. For more information, be sure to visit our website at ppmco.com to stay updated on new episodes.
feel free to subscribe to PPM Simplifies on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, this is PPM Simplifies.